0: Thank you for accessing this audio resource from Glad Tidings Church. This is Pastor Tim Rice. I hope you enjoy the message and receive some benefit from it. If you do, please let us know. Send your comments to info at gladtidings.church. Now, here's this week's message. Tonight we're going to be talking about uh, the prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. And So if you have your Bibles tonight, you can go ahead and open them up to Matthew excuse me Matthew chapter 26 and um, I think that it it kind of maybe not perfectly but it does kind of coincide a little bit with Ash Wednesday and so uh, at the end of the service we're going to spend some time in prayer and um, spend some time seeking the Lord and giving ourselves to the Lord and I'll encourage you uh, when we do that to consider Uh, fasting for the next 40 days, fasting from something, seeking God as we head into, as we prepare for the Easter season that will be coming up in about 40 days, all right? But tonight we're going to look at the Gethsemane prayer, and uh, most of us are familiar with this scene, and uh, it takes place right after Jesus, remember last time we were in here, we talked about his final prayer, his farewell prayer to his disciples. When Jesus gave that upper room discourse, when he had that Passover meal with his disciples, he instituted the Lord's Supper, which was celebrated this past Wednesday, so it's kind of all, I mean, this past Sunday, so it's all kind of working together. So he gave that farewell discourse to his disciples and then he prayed that farewell prayer for his, uh, over his disciples and uh, then the Bible says that after they left the upper room then they went out, they sang a hymn, they went out from the upper room and then they proceeded across the Kidron Valley to the Mount of Olives and on the side of the Mount of Olives was a, was a garden uh, called Gethsemane. Now the word Gethsemane uh, actually plays into the scene of Jesus' prayer here at Gethsemane he means oil press. And so there would have been a um, likely that there was a press there that the olives that grew on the Mount of Olives, that, that, that garden, the, um, that they would take the olives and they would put them in a press and they would press them and extract the oil uh, from the olives. All right. So let's look at Matthew chapter 26. And we're going to begin reading tonight in verse number 36. So this is after Jesus leaves the upper room, they go across the Kidron Valley, verse number 36. Then Jesus went with them, as his disciples, to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of zebedee that's james and john he began to be sorrowful and troubled and then he said to him my soul then he then he said to them my soul is very sorrowful even to death remain here and watch with me and going a little farther he fell on his face and he prayed saying my father if it be possible let this cup pass from me nevertheless not as i will but as you will And he came to his disciples, and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, for the second time, he went away, and he prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy so leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. And then he came to to the disciples and he said to them, sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise and let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that tonight, God, you'd speak to us Through this prayer, God, this example of prayer, and that, Father, you would speak to us that we might learn something about praying in this manner. God, do something in our hearts and do something in our lives tonight, God, that would bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus Christ and that would be for our good, would be beneficial to us, Lord. Father, we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Now, in your notes, the Lord's prayer that he prays here in the Garden of Gethsemane is an example of what we might call praying through. How many remembers talking about praying through, amen? Uh, Tarrying at the altar and travailing in uh, in prayer. So the, what the, the prayer that Jesus prays here in the garden is an example of what we might call Praying through. Uh, now, what is praying through? Praying through means praying, praying through some problem, uh, some uh, adversity that you're going through. Praying over some issue uh, that is preoccupying your mind or preoccupying your life. So it's praying through some problem, praying, praying through some adversity, praying through some difficult. Situation uh, in your life, but it also means praying through to an answer, praying through uh, to a sense of assurance or peace. It's um, so in your notes. Praying through is praying until you break through. It's it's until it's praying until you get in your heart that answer that comes from the Lord. That assurance that God places in your heart, that peace that God bestows upon you means travailing in prayer until you know that God has heard your prayer and that God has answered you in a way that gives you assurance in your heart, peace in your heart that God has heard your prayer and that God is answering uh, your prayer. That's what praying through means. Praying through... Um, brings, brings resolution to the situation that you're in, even if it doesn't bring an immediate solution to the problem. Amen? So it means you're praying about an issue, you're praying about a problem, a situation, and although the situation might not immediately change, there might not be any immediate results to your prayer, say so you're praying for the healing of, of someone, someone that you're interceding for their healing, maybe interceding for your own uh, healing, uh, God may not instantly heal that person. You might not e- immediately experience a change in your situation, but, but the situation is resolved in as much as you now have peace. You have an assurance from God that he's heard your prayer, that he's answered your prayer, and that he gives you peace about, um, about his answer. So it might not, praying through might not immediately change the situation, but how many knows what it changes is, it changes our perception of the situation, it changes our reaction to the situation, uh, or it changes our understanding of the situation. So on the outside, the circumstances might not change any, but what changes is internal uh, because we have an assurance from God. We have a peace. We get a word from God that he has heard our prayer and uh, that he is answering our prayer. In fact, Mark Batterson says that there's a difference between praying for something and praying through something. Praying for something, you're praying that that the circumstances would change, that God would somehow change the conditions that you're praying about. Praying through something means the situation might not change, the circumstances might not be any different, uh, but what's going to change is my perception of it. God's going to give me an assurance. God's going to give me a peace about this situation. So understanding that distinction as we move forward and as we talk about What it means to pray through will help us understand what it means uh, when we're talking about this prayer in Gethsemane and how it relates to us learning how to pray through a situation. So I want to make five observations that are there in your notes tonight, five observations about uh, praying through, what it means uh, to pray through. Okay, number one. First one is this praying through is not focused on what we want, but rather it is focused on discovering what God wants. Again, it's, it's not about uh, coercing God or convincing God to change the circumstances or the situation. Praying through is travailing in prayer until we get that assurance and that peace from God. That He's heard our prayer, and He changes our perception of it. Jesus, in this passage, did you notice Jesus prayed, "Lord, if it's possible, then take this cup from me." Now, when we read it that way, it sounds like Jesus is not sure that it is possible. If 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 this is possible, Lord, uh, let this cup pass from me. Well, Mark's version of this same prayer, this same scene in. Uh, the Garden of Gethsemane helps us to understand it a little better. In his, in his version of it, G, uh, Jesus prays and he says, Lord, Father, I know that with you all things are possible. How many knows that's true? With God, all things are possible. God can do whatever God wants to do, amen? Because He's a, a mighty God. So that's remarkable because um, it, was, it was not. Uh, when you think about it, it was not impossible for Jesus to avoid the cross. If he had prayed, "Lord, take this cup from me," then at least theoretically, it was possible uh, that Jesus could have avoided the cross. Uh, in fact, you remember uh, in just a few more verses when when the betrayer comes, Judas comes to betray him and The soldiers come to to arrest him. Do you remember what Jesus said? Uh, Peter starts to fight back and resist. And remember Jesus says um, to the the soldiers, to his disciples, he said, don't you know that if I wanted to, I could call down 12 legions of angels and they would rescue me. If I wanted to, I could call on God and he could deliver, I could call on the Father and he would deliver uh, me. From this situation. So uh, it was not impossible for Jesus to avoid the cross. Um, he could have prayed for God to save him, to deliver him uh, from that hour. Um, and God would have done it. How many knows Jesus would not have had to pray through for that to happen. All he would have had to do was speak the word, say the word, and 12 legions of angels would have come and delivered him and we would have been eternally lost. <laughs> we would have been eternally uh, undone. Uh, but it was not impossible for God to to do that. What, what Jesus is praying for in the Garden of Gethsemane is not that it was impossible for God to do that. What he was praying for was he was praying to align himself with the Father's will, to know that this was God's will. In this, situ- in this situation. Um, in, in your notes, anything is possible with God. However, prayer helps us to discern between our wants and God's will. God's will. There, in any situation we're in, any difficulty that we're going through, uh, it's important for us to, dis- to discern, to know the difference between what it is that we might want and, and what it is that God might want. I mean, those, those are not, not always the same thing. In fact, I shouldn't say, well, maybe not most of the time, but a lot of the time, they're not the same thing, right? What we want is not necessarily what God wants. And praying through, that's the point about praying through. It's not about getting God to do what we want him to do. Praying through is discovering and knowing what it is that God wants in that, in that situation, Helping us to discern between what my want is and what God's will is in that situation. Because, so, in any situation that we're in, you know, whether it's sickness or problems at home or stuff going on at work or decisions you have, in any situation that you're facing, any difficult circumstance that you're in, in any, in any uh, trouble that you're in, um, we, there may be a whole range of possibilities of, of resolving that problem, that issue. might be a whole range of possibilities, and, and it might be easy for us to imagine what option we want, In that situation, right? God, I want you to heal my body in this situation. Or I want you, Lord, to deal with this person in a specific way. And I want you, or Lord, in this situation, I want a million dollars. Amen. (laughs) Uh, So in any situation, there might be a whole range of possibilities in that situation. Praying through helps us to discern between what my wants and what is God's will. In, in this situation. And that's what Jesus is is doing here. Prayer should help us in those moments. Praying through, tarrying before God. Helps us to discern between what we want and what God's will is. And, the, and that's what Jesus prays here. He says, Lord, if it's possible, then take this cup from me. But but not what I want. Lord, I'd rather have your will in this in this situation so praying through helps us to discern between our wants and God's will so praying through is focused not on getting what we want but helping us to discover what God's will is because his will for us is best amen number two second statement about praying through praying through is Uh, Often, usually, praying through is an agonizing process of self-denial and surrender. It's an agonizing process of self-denial and surrender. Um, Luke's version of this prayer helps us to see how agonizing this prayer was. I mean... Matthew says it, Jesus says to his disciples that he was greatly troubled and in much sorrow. Uh, Luke describes it a little bit more graphically. He says that, that he was in such sorrow and, and he was in such uh, tension that, that he sweat, his sweat became as great drops of blood. That means that he was under such stress and such strain that the capillaries doctors say that probably what was happening was he was under such stress that the capillaries next to his skin were rupturing and breaking and and pouring sweat into his i mean pouring blood into his his pores and so he was sweating out blood uh, so jesus was under tremendous stress and strain in the garden of Gethsemane and praying through is an agonizing process of self-denial, giving, relinquishing what it is that we want, letting go of what we want, and embracing uh, what God wants for us. Praying through is painful and it's sometimes very hard and it's very very difficult. In fact, how many knows inner knows wrestling with God can be a painful experience. You remember Jacob in uh, the Old Testament? He wrestled with God. Wrestled with God all night, and in fact, in the morning, the Bible says that uh, God did what? Touched his hip, threw his hip uh, out of joint. Anybody has had a uh, a socket out of joint before? You know how much that hurts, (laughs) right? You know how how much it hurts, don't you, Charlotte? How painful that is. And so God touched his hip, knocked his hip out of socket, and the Bible says that he walked with a limp for the rest of his life because of his encounter with God, wrestling with God. The wrestling with God can be painful, right? Because what's happening is um, we're submitting our wants, our desires, who we are, what we think is best. We're submitting that to God. And we're and we're submitting to His will, but it's an absolutely necessary process because it's, it's through that process that we learn obedience to God. Uh, Hebrews chapter five verse eight. We're not going to look it up, read it necessarily, but but it's an amazing verse. It says, although He was the Son of God, Jesus Christ, it says that He learned obedience through the things that He suffered. Now, does that mean that Jesus was disobedient? No, it does. Jesus was not disobedient. It meant that he, is, he suffered and he agonized and he travailed to know, discern what the Father wanted and to become completely obedient to the Father's will. And praying through helps us, number one, to discern between what, what it is we want and what it is that God Wills for us, what God wants for our life, and praying through is also that process, whereby we submit to His will. We we say no to what we want, and we say yes to what God's will is, no matter how difficult uh, that may that may be. And but here's the wonderful thing about it: some of our most um, some of the deepest intimacy that we have with God can be experienced when we're going through some of the most difficult experiences in our life. It's as we wrestle with God through those difficult experiences, those adverse conditions, that we actually grow closer to God. I have some, I have some wonderful memories in my life of times in which um, I was going through some difficult things, and I held on to God Because of the intimacy that that produced in my relationship. Now, do I want to go back and repeat those experiences? No. (laughs) There's a lot of things that I've been through in the past that I don't want to ever go back and go through those things again. But now I can look back on those things and say, you know, through those experiences, God drew me closer to himself. And through that experience, I learned about myself. I learned about God's will for my life. I learned how to become more obedient uh, to God. I, you probably have similar experiences as well. Difficulties that you went through, trying times that were what? They were painful, they were hard, they were diff- difficult, and you cried out and you prayed to God through those experiences. Now, do you want to go back and experience those things again? No. But did you, did you grow during those experiences? Did, did you become more intimate with God during those experiences? Absolutely. Because praying through, praying in times of difficulty and adversity, um, praying through are, is an agonizing and a difficult experience, but it is an experience in which we surrender our will, uh, ourselves, our wants to God, and we embrace His will for our life And God uses that to draw us unto himself. So praying through can be an agonizing process because it's a process of self-denial and surrender to God. Number three, third statement about praying through. Praying through begs for companionship, but it is ultimately accomplished alone, alone. Now let me explain that. The passage says that Jesus took his disciples with him all. Uh, well, 11 of them because uh, Judas had gone to betray him. He took all 11 disciples with him into the garden. And then he told, uh, make sure my math is right, told eight of them, right? He said, you guys sit here. And then he took three of his closest friends, Peter, James, and John, with him immediately. And, uh, and said, tarry with me, pray with me. And so in those moments of difficulty, he had his friends around him, so praying through. Um, we need people that are praying with us when we're going through those difficult experiences and those difficult times, amen? But here's the thing about praying through, um, and this is in your notes. We need others to pray with us, however, they cannot pray through for us. We, we have to be the one that gets a hold of God. Here's here's from God so we can ask others to pray with us We ought to ask others to pray with us. We need people around us when we're going through those uh, During during those times and aren't you thankful? Uh, for instance, for the family of God, the church, people that you can call out to and ask you, would you pray with me? I'm going through a difficult time. I'm going through something in my life, and I need prayer partners. And it's good to be able to rely on people to pray with you. But when you're praying through, how many knows? You have to get your answer from the Lord. Amen? Because ultimately it comes down to you and God. <laughs> And so praying through begs for companionship, but ultimately it's accomplished alone because you cannot, uh, people can pray for you, people can pray with you, but only the Father can give you the peace and the assurance and the answer that you're looking for. Amen? So praying through, we need people to pray with us, but we have to pray. Um, They cannot pray through for us. It comes down to us. Receiving that from the Lord. Number four, statement number four, praying through takes time. Praying through takes time. It's not a 30-second prayer. It's not a, sometimes it's not even a 30-minute prayer. It's a prolonged season of prayer. And so praying through takes time. It requires persistence, and it requires repetition. Now Jesus told parables in the New Testament about uh, being persistent in our praying. And Jesus here in the garden, he is, his prayer takes time. He is persistent in his praying. He, is, he repeats his prayer. How many times does he repeat this prayer? Three times. The Bible says he went out, he went away, and he prayed. And then he came back to his disciples. They were asleep. He woke them up. And then he went away and he prayed. Essentially the same prayer, right? Lord, if it's your will, if, if you can take this away from me, but if not, I'd rather it be your will. Then he comes back, finds the disciples asleep again, speaks to them, and then he goes back a third time and prays a third time, right? And then he comes back in their sleep and he says, okay, the time has come, the hour uh, is here. So Jesus prayed three times. He prayed persistently, he pa- prayed repeatedly. And, and uh, Paul Remember, Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse. In fact, let's just turn there. We will read this passage. If you have your Bibles, flip over to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 7. Paul says, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. And three times, same thing that we see with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What is Paul talking about there? He's talking about praying through. He said, a messenger from Satan, a thorn in the flesh. I was given to me and three times I went to the Lord and I prayed Lord take this away from me just like Jesus in the garden three times prayed, Lord if if it is possible take this cup away from me but God responded to Paul and said what my grace is sufficient uh, for you and so praying through is is something that required and again notice the, the condition didn't change. The situation didn't change. He didn't get an immediate uh, uh, change in his circumstances. What changed was what? He received that word from the Lord, that assurance from God. My grace is sufficient uh, for you. And so he prayed three times. He prayed repeatedly. Um, and, and sometimes praying through means that you have to pray long, and sometimes it means you have to pray again and again again and again. Amen. In fact, in this passage back in um, the, the uh, Matthew chapter 26, Jim, and this is in your notes, Jesus demonstrated what I call get up and then go back prayer. Get up and go back prayer. So he, he prayed one time and he prayed to a point in which um, he was able to get up, and, but then he had to go back and he had to pray. How many have ever had to have had that kind of experience where you've been praying over something and you've had get up and go back prayer. You prayed about something and maybe you got peace about it. You got um, some kind of assurance in your heart. And then you got up, and but then you had to go back and pray about it. How many knows sometimes that's necessary? Sometimes when you lay something on the altar... The devil wants to give it right back to you, and you've got to go back and lay it back down on the altar again, right? And so, uh, so Jesus here demonstrates to get up and go back prayer. He was able to pray. He got up from prayer, but then he had to go back and pray again. Sometimes uh, that's what praying through means, is going before the Lord, laying it before the Lord's And putting it before him until you receive that assurance and that peace that only comes from him. So praying through takes time. It requires persistence. It requires repetition until we receive that peace that only comes from God. And then number five, this is the fifth statement about praying through. Praying through succeeds not, this is maybe not the most important, but this is a key one. Praying through succeeds not because of our ability to pray, but because Jesus has overcome the world. Amen? It's not about the length of your praying. It's not about the words that you use when you're praying. It's not whether you're a good prayer or not. Praying through succeeds not because of our ability to pray, but because Jesus has overcome the world the world. Amen. In fact, um, if you're back in Matthew chapter 26, um, I want you to look with me back up a few verses. So this is after the institution of the Lord's Supper, as I mentioned earlier. And look at verse number 30. So after they... Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper with his disciples. Verse 30 says, And when they sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And then Jesus, look at this, verse 31, Then Jesus said to them, You will all all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. And Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. While Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane three times, he went back to the disciples. And three times they were what? Fast asleep. (laughs) You know, it's easy for us to assume that Jesus got frustrated and angry with the disciples until we back up and we realize that Jesus had predicted what? They were all going to fail. They were all going to fall, fall away. The fact that they were weak, uh, the fact that they fell asleep, I mean, was, that didn't surprise Jesus at all. Because he, he had already predicted that they were going to, in fact, in your notes, Jesus predicted that the disciples were going to fail. He knew uh, that they were going to fail, but he promised that he would do what? That he would go before them. He said, look, guys, I know all of you are going to fall away. All of you are going to fail. Peter in particular, he said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. He said, but it's okay. I'll be waiting for you after the resurrection. I'll be waiting for you. I'm going to go before you, and I'll prepare the way uh, for you. Aren't you thankful that God knows our weaknesses and that even when we are unfaithful, aren't you glad that he remains faithful? Amen. So praying through, it succeeds. it succeeds, but it doesn't succeed because um, of our ability to pray. It's not, it's not just dependent on our praying. It's dependent on God's faithfulness, and God's goodness. In fact, you know what he said to uh, you know what he said to, to Peter, don't you? I think this is I can't remember if this is in Luke's version. I think it's Luke's version, um, when, when uh, Peter is saying, no, I'll never deny you. I'll never, and Jesus said to Peter, he said, Peter, he said, Satan has demanded to have you, to sift you like wheat. But then he said, but I have prayed for you. I've prayed for you. Aren't you glad to know that no matter what we face, whatever the devil throws at us whatever comes against us, then we know that God is on our side. (laughs) And if God is for us, then who can be against us? Amen. That even when the devil has designed to have us, Jesus said, that's okay. I'm praying for you. So listen, praying through succeeds, not because we're such great prayers. We're no better than the disciples. We're weak. Um, but praying through succeeds because Jesus is praying for us. He loves us. He's merciful uh, to us. So praying through when we, when we give ourselves over to the Lord, he hears, he answers our prayer. I've given you a quote there in your notes from George Mueller. George Mueller says, and this is, I think this is a picture of, of what praying through really means. George Mueller said, there was a day when I died, utterly died to George Mueller, his opinions, preferences, tastes, and will. And since then, I have studied to show myself approved only to God. You see, that's the goal of praying through right there. Lord, it's not what I want. It's not what I desire. But God, it's what you want. And what you desire, and know in discovering his, uh, George Mueller was a great man of faith. He documented; he himself documented. I think it's over, over fifty thousand answers to prayer. Over fifty thousand answers to prayer. He documented himself. Remarkable things. Um, uh, for instance. You know, he, he ran an orphanage of, I forget how many kids it was, 1,200 kids, I think it was, maybe something like that. And uh, they lived by faith. He refused, George Mueller refused to ask anybody for money. He said, I'll never ask anybody for money. He said, I'm just going to trust, I'm going to pray and believe God to bring the money in. He knows what we need. And so there was, there was one day, um, uh, I remember this anecdote in reading about George Mueller. One day when they had no food for any of the kids in the orphanage, they were out um, because he wouldn't ask for money. And so he brought the kids in. They sat down and I uh, said, uh, "Okay, we're going to pray for our breakfast." And uh, say so they bowed their heads. He began to pray. He said, "Lord, we thank you for the food that you're going to provide for us." And while he was praying, there was a knock on the door, and a baker had shown up with fresh bread. He said, I just could not sleep last night. The Lord told me I needed to bake bread for the orphans this morning. And he brought in. And so George Mueller told the orphans, he said, not only do we have bread, we have fresh bread because God has provided it for us. While they were doing that, a milk truck broke down in front of the orphanage. And they brought the milk into the orphanage. Just remarkable answers to prayer because George Mueller said, I've died to myself. It's not what I want. It's not about George Mueller. It's about God's will. How many knows that's what praying through is? Amen? Trust in God, dying to yourself, believing on the Lord, persevering in prayer, and then seeing God intervene in our life. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or would like more information about following Jesus Christ, please contact us at gladtidings.church. If you live near Dunn, North Carolina, please consider visiting our church on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can also download our church app in the iTunes or Google Play app store and receive updates and notifications. You may use the app to make a financial gift to help support our ministry. God bless you.